Welcome back to the KPL Podcast. I'm your host, Jagisha. And as usual, I think we have a fun episode for you this week. We have author Deanna Rayburn, who is going to be telling us about her new book, Killers of a Certain Age. I read the book and I had so much fun reading it. I think you will enjoy it too. It's a mystery and there is a touch of violence. I will warn you about that in the book. So if you don't like that, then this might not be for you. But it's very little. And the book has great characters. There's four main characters and they are absolutely a hoot. And a great story that's well written with good pacing. Nothing's worse than a badly paced story. And then in addition to our author interview, I also talked to colleague Lynn Hayes about the Home Borrower Program. It's a special service that we provide here at the Kirkwood Public Library. And she tells us a little bit about a program she has coming up at the end of September called Understanding Alzheimer's and Dementia. Learn about the impact of Alzheimer's, the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia, and more. This program is coming up Friday, September 30th at 10.30 a.m. If you want to learn more, just go to the library's website and click on Calendar of Events, and that'll give you more information. Anyway, let's get started with the interview. Our guest today is Deanna Rayburn. She is the award-winning New York Times bestselling author of the Lady Julia Gray series, as well as the USA Today bestselling and Edgar Award-nominated Veronica Speedwell Mysteries. Today, we'll be discussing her latest novel, Killers of a Certain Age. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So jumping right in, tell us about the book. Well, it covers the exploits of four female assassins who are 60 years old and are on the cusp of retirement, and they have to figure out what to do when the organization that they work for would rather see them dead than let them retire. Yes. And uh, so what inspired the story? It actually started when my publisher came to me. My editor called me up one day and said they had been having a chat in the office and wanted to see something fun about older women doing some kick-ass stuff. And they didn't care when or where or how or any of the, of the, of the particulars. They just wanted to, um, to give me that brief and see if I would be interested in writing it. And I went off and had a think and I said, yeah, I'd love to. Um, I want them to be 60 and I want them to be assassins. And I want to write a contemporary, which absolutely shocked them because I'd only ever done historical to that point. So it was a, uh, a tremendous risk and a great vote of confidence on their part that they let me do it. <laughs> well, I mean, I read the book and I had so much fun reading it. Uh, and so my next question was, uh, why did you decide to do a contemporary? Because your other books were all 1920s and pre like eight, or late 1800s. So... I wanted to do the thing that would scare me the most. And writing a contemporary was absolutely terrifying to me because, you know, my, like you said, I've, I've written um, probably 18 novels set in the Victorian period or in the 1920s. And so for me, this was just such a huge departure from that. And it was a chance to really um, take an enormous risk and stretch myself as a writer and mm -hmm. to see if I could do it. 
Um, it was just, it was the biggest challenge I could think of. <laughs> and so that's why I wanted to tackle it. Yeah. And so I imagine that you had a lot of research to do because uh, the book does have two timelines, but it also has a lot of different locales. So could you tell us a little bit about your research? I had so much fun with the research. I've been to every setting that I talk about in the book, uh, with the exception of one. Um, but the, there, there's a setting in there that's particularly gruesome that I have been to. Um, and every, every one of those settings, I feel like brings something unique to the book and, and really kind of the settings function as an extra character for all of the adventures that my, my quartet gets up to. Um, and I, I just, the whole process of writing the book was, it was the most difficult book that I've ever written, but it was also the most fun. So I, I'm glad you enjoyed reading it because that, you know, fun was, was what I was going for. I wanted people to have something that they could just um, throw in a beach bag or read on their commute or, mm -hmm. you know, while they're waiting, picking up the kids from school and just kind of have that moment of escapism and just enjoy themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did. I really did. And I loved all the different locales. I especially like the locales in France. And I don't know if I've mentioned it and I can edit that out uh, is the um, the catacombs that mm. were mentioned. I thought that was but that was fun to just to read about that part of it. So have you been to that locale? I have. I have. And it is um, it is a lot more gruesome and a lot nastier than you think it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wondered about that. I wondered about the smells. They mentioned it, but it's it, bad. Yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> the, the ladies, what inspired the, the the individual characters? Four ladies. You've got Billy, Mary Alice, Helen, and Natalie. Natalie. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I because I usually write um, series that have a, a, a central character, I thought it would be, again, more challenging, more terrifying, and more fun to kind of use a foursome as the, the central group instead of just focusing on a single character. I was interested in, in playing with the dynamic, you know, of, of how this friendship amongst the four of them is formed and then how it changes over the course of 40 years. Um, because they haven't known each other a really long time and they've worked together off and on mm -hmm. um, and they know each other in ways that they can't, that they, that they don't necessarily know other people because they, they understand things about their jobs, you know, things that they can't confide in other people. Mm -hmm. And so they, they understand everything that goes on in each other's lives, whether they see each other often or not, it's, they, they have one of those friendships that you can kind of just, you know, oh, I haven't seen you in three years. And yet we pick up mid sentence when we're talking to each other, mm -hmm. uh, from where we, from where we left off the last time we met. And that's, that's who these four are because they are critically important, uh, in each other's lives. Yeah, I can end up, and that comes across in the book as you can there's different aspects of the book that comes to light, different parts of their their personal lives that you slowly get to know uh, as they're going on their little mini missions. Mm -hmm. So as I was reading it, I kept trying to cast the the individual characters. So for example, um, uh, the shepherdess was Helen Mirren in my head and sort of saw her. <laughs> Did you have maybe a cast in mind as you're writing this? 
for some of them, I absolutely did. And I always, I, I always hate this question just because of the fact that I never want a reader to feel like if they've mentally mm-hmm. cast another person that they're wrong somehow, because their version of the character is every bit as legitimate as mine. You know, when you read mm-hmm. a book, you make it your own. Um, I will say that I did have a picture of Diane Lane mm-hmm. taped to my computer monitor when I was writing uh, because she, she kind of was Billy in my mm-hmm. head. But there, there are a lot of phenomenal actresses who could do just a fantastic job with any one of those four characters. And we see them as 60-year-old women. We see them as 20-year-old women. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see them at a few stages in between uh, yeah. when they're, they're kind of getting their feet wet in their first missions. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about the book was how they got started as assassins, how they were recruited, and also some of their training. So I enjoyed the back and forth uh, between the two li- timelines. Yeah, you know, that was a thing that I didn't actually crack until uh, the last five days before the book was due, was figuring out how to structure it and where to put those scenes in. And it the entire structure did not come together until the very last minute, right before we went into production. I, it was my hard deadline where I was like, okay, it's, it's absolutely do or die time now. And I almost died, but I finally got there in the end. Well, it worked. So I, I enjoyed it a lot. So what's next? Are you going, are the spies, will we see the spies again? Will they have another book coming out? You know, all I, all I can say about that is people are talking, uh, discussions are being had. Um, I can tell you that I'm working. I, I just finished Veronica eight and getting ready to start Veronica nine. Mm -hmm. So we have more to come on the, um, historical series. And then, um, a couple of other things that I'd, I'd like to, um, I'd like to play around with in the, in the coming years that I've already been in discussions with my publisher about. So mm-hmm. uh, lots of fun stuff coming. Awesome. Well, I hope there's another book because I would love to see them again. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see them again too. So we'll just have to see. Yep. So what's influenced your writing throughout the years? Is there a particular author that you say has influenced the most or... You know, I mean, I started off reading mystery. That is, that's my my home genre. That's where I'm most comfortable. Um, and as a kid, you know, reading Sherlock Holmes and and reading Agatha Christie was so formative for me. And then by the time I was a teenager, I but you know, when I was a teenager, Victoria Holt was still publishing. Mm-hmm. And now we can go back and look at those gothics and say, "Ooh, those are problematic." Um, but at the time, you know, all I, all I was understanding and loving was the structure of them. Uh, and you know, how you would have this wonderful sort of suspenseful story and there'd be a little sliver of romance in it and there would be some gorgeous setting. And, and that's what I loved about those books. Um, and the same with Mary Stewart. And then as I got a little bit older, it was Elizabeth Peters, mm-hmm. um, who I loved, but you know, now I've started branching out. I find I'm a huge chicken when it comes to my reading. I finally branched out a few years ago and started reading thrillers because I, I find them terrifying. Um, but I just finished Amina Akhtar's, um, Kismet which was absolutely fantastic and freaked me out. I had to tell her on Twitter that I, I, I'm, I'm not okay after I read this book. And she did not, she was not remotely sorry about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that's the, probably the goal for every thriller writer is to freak you out. So. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. I've definitely, there's some writers that I'm just like, well, where, how <laughs> does your mind work and, and where does that all come from? 
Yeah. I mean, the thing that got me into the thriller genre was um, a few years ago, I, I needed a stack of books to take on vacation. And so I was in the bookstore making my way around and I saw Oyinkin Braithwaite's My Sister, the Serial Killer um, on the shelf. And it had such a stunning cover that I had to buy it, even though I didn't read thrillers, because I thought, OK, I'll be on a beach. I'll be safe. It's OK. I'll see, Like if somebody's coming, I can see it. So mm-hmm. it's a safe place to read a thriller. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that kind of coaxed me into the thriller genre. Um, mm-hmm. but I still like, I still don't like to read them late at night or if I'm home alone. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember reading, uh, Stephen King's it and the cover had just, it was a black book, but the cover had just the clown's face on it. Uh, for- and that's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. Yep. So <laughs> I had to turn the book face down because I could see just the white clown face, you know, with the lights There's, on. There's, I literally have a thriller at home that I haven't started yet because the cover's freaking me out too much. And I'm, I may, I, like, I may have to make a book cover for it. Like we used to yeah. do in, in school. Yes. I may actually have to make a book cover so that I can start this book. Yeah. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you kind of answered my last question was, uh, what are you reading or what do you recommend we read? Uh, assume you're telling us to read Kismet, probably. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, because I want to see more from Amina. So I hope she gets uh, a huge number of, of new readers because I want more books from her. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Our guest today is Diana Rayburn, and Killers of a Certain Age is available right here at the Kirkwood Public Library and wherever fascinating books are sold. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I have something a little different for us on this segment of the KPL podcast. I wanted to talk about one of the services that the library provides. It is called the Home Borrowers Program, and I have our coordinator, fellow colleague, Lynn Hayes, here to tell us more about it. Welcome to the podcast, Lynn. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Okay, well, jumping right in. Tell us what the Home Borrowers Program is. Okay, well, the Home Borrowers Program is a really great um, opportunity for people who find it difficult to come to the library. You can sometimes there are people who have a long term need that that they just it's very very difficult for them to get here, and I can come and deliver books to their individual homes. I also go to um, senior centers in the within the Kirkwood area. I also help people with short-term needs. Sometimes if you have a knee replacement surgery, for example, and you just need it for a short amount of time, you can call and I can come and deliver the, the books to you. So um, it's just, it's a great way to stay connected with your local library um, during times when it's hard to get to the library. Yeah, I can't imagine running out of books to read. For me, that would be the end of the world. <laughs> terrible, very terrible. <laughs> So who is eligible for to become a home borrower? Really, anybody is who, who has a hard time to get to the library, either via transportation or because of physical limitations. The age doesn't matter. You, do, you can be however young or however old. You do, however, the only restriction is you do need to live in within the Kirkwood um, city limits. You have to or be serviced by the Kirkwood Public Library. Aside from that, um, all you need to do is um, have some some type of need and then the library will come to you. Very nice. And how do they go about applying? Well, there's three ways you can do it. One, if you go onto the website, the www.kirkwoodpubliclibrary.org, you'll find on the uh, right at the at the very front of that page, there's a 
segment about home borrowing, and you can click on that, and then there's an online application you can fill out. You can also call. My number is 314-821-5770, extension 1018 connects directly to me. So it's very easy and um, I'll talk to you if I'm there or if not, you can leave a message and I'll call you right back. And then the other way is we do have brochures within the library and you can pick one up by the reference desk and fill that out. Um, Any of those ways work great for me. All right, nice. There's multiple ways for you to reach Lynn. Now, I've heard that you have a program coming up about Alzheimer's disease. So would you just tell us a little bit more about this program? Yeah, I'm really excited about that. For the last, oh, year, we've been trying to think of ways to benefit people who are have memory loss issues or people who are helping or caretakers for people who are having memory issues. And so we started out with a, we purchased some books called Reading to Connect that are available within the library that are specifically designed for people with memory issues, that the reading level is an adult level. So it's not a child's book, but it's an adult book, but it's just formatted in a way that's easier for the brain to to process the information. The next step then was getting involved with the Alzheimer's Association, and they're going to present the program Understanding Alzheimer's and Dementia. And basically, it's kind of a Alzheimer's 101 kind of class. So it's going to kind of give you just basic information about the disease stages, risk factors, what kind of research is going on, the treatments that are available, all of that type of information. So it it's, would be a great, great information for people who may be concerned that, that they may be having Alzheimer's or that, again, caring for a family member. And really, this is just the start. I'm hoping out of that program that People who are interested can kind of learn more of other ideas that we're thinking around the library that could include memory cafes, which would be like monthly ongoing programs for people to come. And it would be a safe space for people affected by Alzheimer's directly or their caretakers to kind of interact with each other because they both kind of share the same stories. We're also thinking about creating memory kits that would be available. So this is just kind of a way to get started to really expand the different programs that we offer for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. Wow, that sounds amazing, especially the memory cafes. I think I might need that. (laughs) (laughs) And the kids sound great too, because it's always nice to be able to check something out and then, you know, work on your memory. So I imagine you'll get a lot of interest from that. Yes. And um, if you go to our website, you can find out more information about both the program and also there's an opportunity for you to provide input of things that you would like to see happen um, because we're always looking for new and great ideas to service this ever-growing population. Now, the program is coming up for Friday, September 30th. Please check out the program on our website. So go to kirkwoodpubliclibrary.org and click on events and you will just look for the Alzheimer's program and sign up because... Sign up is preferred just so that we know how many are going to be there. That's our show this week. I just want to thank Deanna Rayborn for taking the time for the interview and also Lynn Hayes. I want to leave you with a quote by Ingrid Bergman. Getting old is like climbing a mountain. You get a little out of breath, but the view is much better. We'll see you next week.